You're listening to The Perth Property Show, Australia's only weekly property podcast by West Australian experts for West Australian listeners. Catch your latest episode every Monday at 7am. Good morning, guys. Welcome to another episode of The Perth Property Show. Hope you've had your coffee and you are ready to learn. Now, in a tough market, especially on the rental side, we can find that when we're trying to lease our property out again, it can take a few weeks. It can often take months right now. There's a lot of supply. And whilst rents are seemingly looking to bottom out and starting to come on the uptick again, it's really valuable to, once you've lost a tenant or you've just bought an investment property, understand some really basic ideas around how to present your property in a way that is not only getting the best value you can on a weekly basis, but also being rented out as quickly as possible because every week is rent lost. Here to help us out with that is our property management guru, Daisy Campbell. Daisy, thanks for coming in again. Thanks, Trent. Yeah, this is a a really hot topic at the moment and I think you nailed it there. Every week that the property sits vacant is a week's rent lost and that is where you stand to lose the most money on a rental property or an investment property. Mm. Ideally, wherever you can prevent a tenant from leaving, that's the type, that's what you would prefer. Uh, Sometimes, you know, if you know your tenant is going to be leaving, is to just check in on them and say, are you happy? Um, Why are you leaving? And sometimes it's unavoidable. They might be leaving for for work or family reasons or buying their own property buying their own property upsizing or downsizing but quite often we see tenants who are leaving and it's because they think that the rent is too high and they're just moving into a cheaper property down the road and they're too scared to just have the conversation look are we still paying a reasonable market rate and really, if they are paying above what they should be, if we have good expectations as landlords and we, and we understand that every week it's vacant, which in this market is a reality for a lot of people, is hundreds of dollars or the equivalent of 20 bucks a week nearly. You know, Absolutely. Uh, we may as well just drop the price 20 bucks a week so that we don't have to stuff around finding new tenants that may not be as good as the ones we've got. Definitely. Holding on to good tenants is just as important as finding new tenants. Yeah, and, and you nailed it there. If they, if they do reduce the rent sometimes by, you know, 10 or $20 per week, as opposed to having to relist that property and then meet the market, which might be $50 per week yeah. less, you know, and moving is costly for tenants as well. So quite often we are able to negotiate a tenant to stay in their lease agreement. Now, if your property is unavoidable and your property is coming up vacant, then there, you know, there's such a surplus of property um, in any suburb at the moment that if the best thing to do... I would suggest to any owner about to list their property is firstly to jump on realestate.com uh, or domain and to have a look at the properties that are currently available in their suburbs so you know what you are competing against, mm. so you know what you're up against. It's a product that you are putting out to market that you're competing with other people. Absolutely. At, at the end of the day, the longer that you are not prepared to compete, whether it's on price or on presentation, you're the one that's going to suffer. Absolutely. And when you're looking at these other properties, you need to think, okay, well, what would make somebody click on my property over this one or this mm. one? Mm. So, you know, your presentation online is absolutely key. It is the first step in securing a tenant. Uh, you might have the most beautiful property and it's immaculate, but if it's not presented well online or you haven't got any photographs, nobody is even going to click on it. You're not going to get the people through the door. So as a standard, as a professional level of photography... Absolutely. Yep. Not iPhones. No. You know. what, no. What, what, what would this cost, for example, as just a line item to have a professional photographer come in and, and snap a few photos to to really have it presented the way it needs to be? Yeah, look, you can get professional photography done from anywhere between 80 to uh, 130 or more dollars. That's two days rent. 
It is, yeah, absolutely. There are plenty of photographers out there um, who will do a package for around eighty dollars. Mm. And look, like I said, if you jump on realestate.com and you have a look at some properties and you look through their photos, you can tell which ones were taken on iPhones, which ones are dark, which ones mm. have just been stolen out of the condition report, mm. and you can tell which ones have got the professional photography. It's also a- another great tool that's out there now is virtual staging. And um, here's a great example: we had a unit available that was coming up in a complex that had just been built, so there was you know six or eight other units identical available in mm-hmm. the complex. So you think, well, how are we going to make our clients' property stand out against all these other ones? They're all priced the same and they're all identical. Mm. Um, We don't want him to drop his price, you know, $20 below everybody else's. That's not fair on the other units and it's not fair on him either. So we actually went ahead with some virtual staging. So there's a website called called Box Brownie. So what they do is they will put in, it's like The Sims, you know, they'll put furniture in that property and it looks fantastic. Sometimes I have to double take and I can't tell whether the furniture is virtual uh, or real. And it just, I suppose, gives people a glimpse into what it would look like if Mm. It was furnished and, and it helps paint the picture of the lifestyle you could have there. They obviously put beautiful furniture in there and they set it really well. So it's about $40 a picture and we only did that on two pictures uh, and that property leased within four days and the yeah. other unit stayed um, advertised online there. And that's just because when people are scrolling through a huge list of properties that look so similar, uh, what is going to make yours stand out? What makes yours look different? Why will they click on that one? It's almost just bridging that gap of reality and imagination that helping people, they don't have to imagine what would it look like if we put our furniture in there or will this room actually fit our furniture? It looks like, you know, this this room would look really nice in, in this environment. Mm, absolutely. So, you know, that's your online presentation. It's really important to note all of the key features of the property, um, you know, all the amenities, any public transport, anything that's close to in the description as well. Mm. And it's also about how easy is your property to access. So if you are a prospective tenant and you're looking online, a lot of agencies these days are utilising the technology that's available that allows tenants to book their own inspections when they're looking online. Mm. Whereas any agencies who aren't doing that, you know, I argue that they are missing out on prospective tenants. The majority of hours are booked after hours when a tenant is sitting at home, you know, in their bed, on their couch, on their iPhone or iPad, and they're scrolling through properties and they can go, okay, I like this one. Oh, I can book my time in now myself at a time that suits me on a date that suits me. Mm. I think It might that, be tomorrow and not next Saturday. Absolutely. You know, it might be, you know, I think think that the old home opens where the agent says it's going to be open at 4 till 4:15 on Tuesday you afternoon. Be there, otherwise yeah. You're out. Yep. You know, uh, it's a tenant's market. That's just not that's just not working anymore. You'll end up with nobody turning up to those sorts of inspections. So it's really important I think to make it easy for tenants to lease your property by being able to choose their own inspections. Are they able to use the online application um, platforms that are available these days like OneForm? If you have a tenant who views a couple of properties that are pretty similar, one of them allows you to um, you know, do your application online from your phone. That's a lot easier than having to go into the office or print out and scan an application form and send that back. So it's, you know, how easy is your property going to be for that person to rent is definitely the second point there. Yep. So getting those clicks. So let's talk about price then. Let's really drill into price and understand the opportunity cost. We've referenced it just earlier of maybe pricing it, trying to get what you were getting before from the previous tenant and not actually checking out the market and understanding that if you want your property to be clicked on and to be filled quicker than everyone else on the market, you need to be able to, if if you're equal in terms of presentation, beat them on the other thing that matters and that's price. Definitely. Price is obviously um, the big elephant in the room for sure. Um, And it is, it's similar to sales in that, you know, some property managers or may quote you a higher price or you may believe that it's worth a higher price, but that doesn't mean that it is. You know, properties should be priced to lease, absolutely. Mm. And it's important to understand what 
things actually contribute to a property's rental price. Mm. You know, little things like having a spa bath or having a beautiful garden or maybe having freshly painted walls, you know, they don't contribute to the rental return on that property, but they do increase the appeal of the property. So, you know, we see a lot of people who say, oh, well, I just painted my wall, so I'm going to advertise it an extra $10 per week. No, no absolutely not. You might get it rented quicker. doesn't mean it's worth any more than it was before the walls are painted. That's right. That's exactly right. So it, it is about the, uh, the difference between appeal and obviously rental income. Mm. Now, let's say you've put your property up for rent and you're just not getting any success. A lot of people then turn to Gumtree. That's right. Gumtree and Facebook are the two big ones. Um, look, and I think if you're going to go down the effort of getting professional photos done and you've, you know, you've got an investment property, however much it may be worth, it's absolutely worth investing in advertising on the proper platforms, on the big ones, realestate.com for sure, mm. Domain, Rewa. Look, I think when it comes to Gumtree and Facebook, this is where we see a lot of private landlords fail. When you are a property manager and you have had a an issue with the tenancy, you blacklist that tenant on the National Tenancy Data database, which is visible all over Australia uh, for up to seven years. So if you are a tenant who's been blacklisted on one of those databases, you know when you apply to rental um, agency, you are going to get searched and knocked back. Mm. So the first place these tenants look is Gumtree and Facebook. Mm. You know, and I sort of think if you have sourced a tenant from Gumtree or Facebook, you want to ask why. Why were they looking on there as opposed to any of the other major sites? Yeah, especially um, in this market. How, why haven't they already got a rental property? There's so much option out there. Absolutely. You said it there, that's for sure. And I I think a lot of people coming from overseas as well, we see them looking on Facebook and Gumtree and sometimes it's because that's what they're familiar with or that's what they know. Um, but often, you know, we're seeing people who are just here on a holiday visa who have damaged a property and have no intentions of, you know, paying the rent or sticking around for the ramifications. Mm. So what I'm getting from this is, that although it might be easy to try and look at just the, the paper, the bottom line of it, spend as least money as, as possible to try and wing the most rental income out of it as quickly as possible. In reality, in this market especially, you sort of need to invest in your rental to be able to get the most back from it as a multiplier anyway. It's not going to necessarily work by skimping out, spending as least as possible, not upgrading or updating your property when it becomes vacant, not getting the right presentation and pricing it, hopefully, because really you just end up at the back of realestate.com or having to turn to somewhere like Gumtree and possibly leasing it out to someone who really shouldn't be leasing in the first place. Exactly. And you said it there. It's an investment property and the investment doesn't stop when you purchase the property. Mm. It's an ongoing investment. Daisy, thanks a lot for your time. Hopefully we have you in again soon. Thank you. Okay, Kelly Jones, the Queen of Bassendine, has just walked into the room. She is Bassendine's number one real estate agent and has been so for quite a while. She's one of my favourite real estate agents in Perth in one of my favourite suburbs. Kelly, thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me, Trent. Kelly, the history of Bassendine, I think, is one of the more richer histories. It's also one of the longer histories mm-hmm. with some great riverside views and walks and really good heritage background. Can you give us some history as to where Bassendine's started and what sort of people first populated the area and moving into today, how that's looking. Yeah, absolutely, Trent. So Bassendine was first known as West Guildford uh, in the late 1800s and then it transitioned to Bassendine. And we have an amazing township in Bassendine. We're right on the river. It's what we used to be known as a sleepy suburb. So people would just drive straight past and head into Guildford. 
Straight um, down Guildford Road. Straight down Guildford Road and just skip and miss us. So now that we've got a lot of vibrancy and a lot of the younger community coming in, we've got some great cafes. It's becoming a very trendy neighbourhood to live in. So it's no longer the sleepy suburb it used to be. But in the early days, there was a lot of hardworking people in Bassendean. There was a lot of migrant workers that came into the area and really helped to develop the township. So we have some amazing architectural buildings there as a result of that. We're talking over 100 years old, some of these places, aren't we? Certainly, yes. West Guildford. So we're talking about the river there, splitting it up, and now west of the river, that's Bassendean. Absolutely, yes. But we've also got a divide of Bassendean too, and that is the train line. So we've got a North Bassendean and a South Bassendean. If you've ever lived in the neighbourhood, and certainly through generations like I have, there's a bit of a common theme amongst uh, the families there. So what side of the tracks are you on, right? Even from my dad as a boy, he's like, oh, you know, I was from the town centre, not the other side of the tracks. And there's always this give and take between both sides, which was a bit of um, bit of banter, a bit of fun banter. Well, they both have their pros and cons. Mm. They do. I've lived on both sides and I, I thoroughly enjoy both sides of the suburbs. So the river wraps around one part and, of course, the train line divides the town centre and then over on the other side of the train lines, you have some amazing development opportunities and development blocks. That's right. We'll talk about that development later. But in terms of development that has gone on recently on a more infrastructure level, we've seen the shops been upgraded. We've seen some brand new apartment buildings coming in around that old Perth Road area. For me, we're finally seeing a bit of a renaissance in Bassendean because it really was a sleepy suburb, wasn't it? Oh, it certainly was. And we've got the Hawaiian Shopping Centre, which was a $19 million development. They did a fantastic job there. We've got two great big new complexes in the town centre and we have $150 million worth of infrastructure ready to go in throughout the next few years. So we've had a lot of upgrades and it's been very tastefully done and it's also kept the heritage of the area. That's really important. And I think one of the biggest drawcards of Bassendean has been just how accessible and uh, well-maintained the train station has been. And I think that's going to play in really importantly when we see that spur line coming off of Ashfield going to the airport. I think we're going to see a lot more people not bother driving up Guildford and down Tonkin and starting to use that train station and maybe even getting some FIFO workers who need it. Oh, absolutely. The proximity to the airport, the location of the train station on either side of the track, so town centre and and the other side of the tracks, which we call the avenues, we certainly have the advantage for both sides. So we're seeing a lot of young families come into the neighbourhood, FIFO families that can just hop, skip and jump up to the airport. We've got bike riders, so the the bike line runs all the way into the city or all the way out to the Swan Valley. So we've got people that jump on the bike track, head straight into the city for work and then maybe jump on the train and come home. So we've got a lot of versatility there and we have a great walkability in the neighbourhood. You can walk to parklands, you can walk to the river, you can walk to the train station. Uh, It's a great lifestyle there. It's a very green shaded suburb Mm. with a big benefit in being that quiet part of the Swan River Mm. and some very nice... Uh, very expensive homes on that river too and we'll talk about those soon but let's talk about the people specifically that are buying from you the largest real estate agency in Bassendean what sort of people are we seeing coming in is it young professionals is it families with kids is it downsizers or is it a mix it's a bit of both actually it's a bit of a mix we're seeing the elderly generation live there for 30 40 50 years downsizing to something smaller and certainly you know to the villas and apartments then we've got about 38 39 percent of the neighborhood which are families it's becoming very, very difficult to get into the schools there because it's such a popular neighbourhood for families. So the mayor is starting to really work on that, which is exciting for the families. And then we've got a large percentage of people that are young 
couples, professional couples that are commuting into the city or fly in, fly out and getting ready to start a family. So we've got about 16% of the neighbourhood, which is a single population, which is, you know, perfect for the apartment lifestyle and living and lock up and leave, which is great. So a nice little blend there between age groups. So anywhere from the average age group really trend is sort of between 35 and 45. Up and comers moving Mm. out of that first home maybe and moving into their family home. Certainly. And it never used to be like that 10 years ago. You know, when I when I lived in the neighbourhood 10 years ago, I thought I was the youngest person in Bassendine. It was a very, very old suburb, so the average age group there was 65 to 80. So it's been really nice to see the town centre be reinvigorated, lots of cafes, lots of restaurants and lots of younger families coming into the neighbourhood. Well, it's lucky that Bassendine always have, and I expect always will, have lots of parkland for these you know, new families to enjoy, lots of reserves and whatnot. Let's move on then. We've identified the types of buyers that are coming in. Can we talk about the types of property you, that generally you see selling in Bassendine or that you've got in Bassendine and what those price points are Mm-hmm. for that product. So let's start yeah, from a, you know the smallest apartment mm-hmm. and move up to the most expensive mansion and identify I mean, what people could buy if they were looking in Bassendine. Sure, absolutely. So in the Avenues part of town, we've got a great three-bedroom villa that's on the market for 300000 Amazing opportunity, I mean, to, to be able to get that so close to town centres, tremendous. Mm. Then we have a two-by-one apartment that's only a couple of years old, right in the heart of town centre, all the facilities below the building. We've got that on the market at three fifty. So if you want a two-by-one, two-by-two, fairly new apartment, you're going to get something between three fifty and 400 Okay. Right. And that's an accessible price point for a first home buyer as well. Certainly is, yeah, absolutely. And then you get the lifestyle and the proximity to the city. Yeah. So opportunities are endless there. And then we step up to the next price point, which is really 500000 So for 500000 you can get an, a range of properties in the, in the area. You can get a development property, which is, you know, there's, there's plenty around in the neighbourhood, certainly in and around that 500, 550 benchmark. You can get a property really that's a three or four bedroom, 1970s construction, with development opportunity and you can just sit and wait for for the land to appreciate you can move in you can renovate it you can retain it or you can invest and, and rent it so plenty of opportunities for for people in the neighborhood there and then at the top end how, how expensive can it get in Bassendine so town center and and there's a there's a little pocket of Bassendine what we call the prestigious streets of Bassendine mm-hmm. and price points there are going to be 900 to 1.1 1.2 million okay right near town center in between town center and the river really yes, yep. and then we push out right along to North Road and Bassendine Parade which is our riverside drive of Bassendine okay they're, they're the dress circle dress streets circle. of Bassendine our latest riverfront property sold for 4.1 million in Bassendine on North Road. Wow. So that's pretty amazing. And I must say, this property didn't have a jetty, but there will be another property perhaps coming to the market that has its own jetty in Bassendine. So that's a very, very exciting property. Very rare? Or? We have very few properties that have their backyard as the river that really do back straight on to the Swan River. Mm. So there's probably about less than 1,500 properties that actually have their the river as a backyard in the, in whole, the whole of Western whole Australia. Of Western yeah. Australia. <laughs> So to have that opportunity for something to come to the market in our suburb is pretty special. Yeah. You've touched on development blocks and Bassendine is a real point of interest for me because there is so much opportunity there given the melting pot of buyers at that price point and the openness of the town, the, the council, for development in certain pockets. Can you run us through where the development opportunity is in Bassendine? Uh, what sort of blocks 
those are, what you'd be building mm. on then if you could, and what you'd be paying to get into that? Sure, absolutely, Trent. So traditionally for an R20, R40 zone property, you're going to be paying anywhere from 500000 to roughly $650,000, depending on the site and how close you are to the river, the town centre. There's a lot of different variables to stack it up. But if you have something in that price range, you have a great opportunity to then build a future. So if we look at a, a traditional quarter acre property, so 1,012 square metres, on the avenue side of town, there's a lot of options there for development. So that is a really good stable development block to purchase. So you could be looking at eight apartments or even 10 apartments in some cases split over two levels. You could be looking at a group dwelling. So the eight apartments is what we call a multi-development. Group dwellings are units, villas, that sort of thing. So you can get a little bit more land component there for a quarter acre property. So you can have a bit of a bigger property if you just build three, a triplex. You might even be able to get three street front properties on there. So for that sort of development, to get even two street front properties. Let me give you an example, Trent. So town centre, we've got a quarter acre property right on West Road there. The owner chose to split that property right up the middle. It's got beautiful 10 metre frontage on both sides. So when you're looking for a development block, you know, there should be some recipe that goes with that. So for me, it's a quarter acre property with a 20 metre frontage, right? That's a very normal block in Bassendine. Very normal block, but it gives you a lot of opportunities and flexibility to do a development. So this particular owner split the block up the centre, built two beautiful two-storey properties. The resale value would be in excess of 850000 but the rent return there is $750 a week. You know, what an amazing opportunity to be able to do that. So the you split it right up the middle, 506 square metres per block, ample house, great backyard for kids, That's families. still a good family-sized home, isn't it? Brilliant. And then I guess with that 20-metre-wide quarter-acre block, I'm also seeing the triplex size as well, and not the way that you would normally see it. Bassendine Council has a specific policy on this, don't they? So if you see a split code like 2040 zoning, you will often see in Bassendine a property where if you typically want to do a triplex block, you'll see under that development that you have two street frontage properties and often you have a common driveway. Through the middle? Through the middle. That's very specific to Bassendine. Normally, when you're doing a triplex in other councils, it's generally the house behind the house behind the house, right? Which mm-hmm. That's what we normally see in Perth. But in Bassendine, it's quite interesting because they have that policy of needing to have two street frontages for the old lot. That's right. They really want to protect the streetscape of the neighbourhood mm. and not look at it as though it's um, you know toy town packed on each other. They really want to try and maintain the heritage and the streetscape of the neighbourhood. It poses a few challenges in terms of doing development, but if you can get it right, I think it will actually provide some quite unique properties and some diversity of, of properties as well. So I think they're onto something there. And it's also good for the property owner, particularly for the two street front properties, because traditionally they'll sell at a high price. Trent, if we look at a typical triplex opportunity and you can build a three by two or a four by two, a brand new property fairly close to the town centre or the train line is going to net you a very nice return in rental. We have a property on Harcourt Street in Bassendine. It's a beautiful big two storey four by two. There's a few properties on this particular lot and we rent that property out for $700 a week. Wow. Uh, we also rent out a beautiful big 4 by 2 on West Road for $750 a week. The opportunity to develop property and then have a nice product at the end of it, if you do a really good fit out, your rent return is going to be a premium. Uh, you'd be and talking high yields high and worth yield. holding. And people take long leases that, you know, our average lease terms about 18 months for a, for a property, a good property in Bassendine. So those variables, those numbers work really, really well in the neighbourhood. So you have a well-budgeted development, 
great product at the end of it. You can choose to sell it if you want. But at the end of the day, whoever buys it's going to get a really nice rent return should they choose to rent it out. And, and I guess a lot of developers, they want to know that if they've got the opportunity to not sell. For me, I've always said don't sell unless you have to. Where mm. as much as when we're developing, it's a short-term game. Mm-hmm. We're still developing a, a property and property is a long to medium-term game. So if we can and we can keep them positively geared, which is what you're indicating, mm-hmm. uh, then I think that is something that is quite unique at the moment in this market to Bass and Dean. Certainly. So when we when we look at a property and we want to stack it up for a subdivision, we'll look at all the numbers. And if the formula is correct, then great. We give the green light. We give the go ahead. The subdivision is then done. The development then is done. And then the return at the end of the day. So we look at what will it be to resell the property? What's all the whole cost and the, and the, the cost to actually do the subdivision? And then what's your profit point at the end of that? Yeah. And the profitability for the rental return certainly does come into it. Yeah, that gearing position. You mm. don't want to be negatively geared. And if you are, you may as well sell a, mm. a lot of times. Yeah. But if we can get it positive, which is very possible in Bassendine, that's a win-win. Oh, certainly. Kelly, every week we have our median house price question. Mm-hmm. We ask the number one real estate agent in their suburb what the median house price is. And if they had that money in their pocket, what would they spend it on? I'm going to ask you the same question. Okay, so the medium house price is roughly around $500,000 in Bassendine. And as I said previously, $500,000 can get you a lot of goods in that neighbourhood. So for me personally, I'd be looking at a development opportunity. I'd be looking at a property that I can cosmetically renovate and subdivide, perhaps a battle axe and do a nice quick subdivision. That would be my type of investment. Low cost, in and out. Absolutely. Well, Kelly, thanks a lot for coming in. We appreciate Mm -hmm. your insights and hopefully in the coming months, we'll have you in for an update. Sounds great. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Perth Property Show. If you've only just joined the conversation, you can catch up by heading over to our website, perthpropertyshow.com.au, subscribing to the podcast or joining our Facebook page. Don't forget to tune in next Monday at 7am for more expert insights, local analysis and suburb spotlights. Happy hunting!